Hi, this is Cal Quantrill, and you're listening to the East Village Times Podcast. NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope next prospects Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watching you them jump up. We ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody. The outfield, mad skills, Lottie Dottie. Austin Hedges throwing out everybody. We at the ballpark, every game's a party. Ignorance is bliss, so we never trip. If the pitching's up the pod, and watch out for the kids. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me, as always, is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. You know, four days till Christmas. Uh, getting down to the wire here. I'm, I'm still finishing shopping because... I'm a last-minute kind of guy. So. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I think uh, most everyone probably listening to this podcast has some kind of shopping to do at uh, at some point before Christmas. Uh, it is the season, that is for sure. Um, let's talk about some Christmas uh, wish list for the Padres. Do you? Uh, I've been hearing uh, contradictory reports that the Padres were attempting to sign Eric Hosmer before Christmas, which is kind of silly because I mean I think they would they would sign him today if he would agree to a contract. So. Um, Give me your thoughts on Hosmer and particularly what is going to make you happy as a Padre fan underneath the uh, proverbial Padre Christmas tree this year. Well, I guess I'll start by saying I, I don't think Hosmer signs before Christmas, seeing how that's three, well, four days away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Um, I think the market's kind of slowing down a bit. I think there's a couple of trade trade items that still need to be addressed. I mean, Manny Machado is obviously a big one that's kind of hanging up now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had Stanton move. That was kind of the big domino that needed to fall. Um, so, yeah, I think once the trade market wraps up a little more, we'll see more free agent signings. I mean, all the free agents, all the big free agents still out there. I mean, J.D. Martinez, Eric Hosmer, Jake Arrieta, Hugh Darvish. Uh, you can go down a list. Most of the guys I've signed so far have been kind of uh, depth pieces, mm-hmm. relievers. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be slow going and obviously we're going to go into January with some of these guys. Um, as for the Padres, I guess my Padre wish list would be not signing Eric Hosmer for a ridiculous contract. Um, I think, I think I'd settle for six years, 120 million, even five years, hundred million. I would, I would be able to, to, I'd probably be actually somewhat okay with five years, hundred million. I mean, I would be able to like stomach six years, 120, but mm-hmm. I feel like any, anything above six years, so if it's seven years or eight years and if it's over. Oh, jeez, Yeah. I don't know if I can handle that. Well, so. you, you know, recently I wrote something, um, that I, I, I wrote something kind of, I don't know, I guess a little creative. I guess the Padres are going to have to be creative. Um, if they front owned a front uh, loaded a Cos- Hosmer contract for say five, six years, uh, would you be opposed to him making twenty twenty five now for the next two or three years, and then slowly uh, decreasing that? Maybe potentially giving him an option after the third year to kind of let him leave if he has to. Or um, do you think that's a that's feasible for the Padres to try to kind of back backload his contract in a in a reverse kind of way? Um, I mean, yeah, they have, I think it'd be good with like a three year contract at like seventy five million. Yeah, exactly. If, exactly. if it comes with like an opt out after a third or fourth year, uh-huh. I mean, yeah, uh-huh. I think four. I mean, realistically, Hosmer's just twenty eight. So if, yeah, if you had a three year deal worth 
I don't know, 75 million, 80 million to get him to sign it, and then he has an opt out after that. Or if he signed like a six year deal that's, I don't know, 120 million and he has an opt out for the third or fourth year, I mean, mm-hmm. I'd be fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it mitigates some of the risk, although if he does start to decline, there's no way he's taking that opt out. Yeah. But well, see, that's I think a, at the same time, that's... you'd rather front load the contract so that there's more money to be had later because obviously the Potters aren't a team that has. Uh, oodles of dollars exactly. around to spend. Yeah, so. and, I mean, that's what our whole concern is. Everyone that hasn't drank the Hosmer Kool-Aid uh, is concerned about age 33, 34 year at 2022, 2023. You know, him making 20 to $25 million at, at that point and, and how restrictive that will be towards the club. So that's why I proposed, you know, maybe if, if they can get him down to the $15, $15 million range at that age, you know, that with the inflation and the market and stuff, it should be you know, a, a decent, a, a, at least a better pill to swallow. So, you know, we'll have to see what what Preller and uh, and guys Scott Boris are up to. When when I mention the name Scott Boris, all this creativity just kind of goes out the window because I, I I could picture a ten year, two hundred million dollar contract somewhere, somewhere. I mean, he got money for Jason Hayward last year, didn't he? Isn't he? A, isn't a Hayward a Boris contract? A Boris client? Uh, I'm not sure, but that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I'm yeah. definitely um. I'm definitely wary of a 10-year contract. Yeah, so yeah. Anything over six years, I'd probably be very opposed to because, I mean, a six-year contract takes him to age three, age 33. So exactly. Anything exactly. beyond 33, I think, is is risky waters. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, we should probably uh, bring our guest in. Yeah, we are yeah. excited uh, to have Dennis Lynn of the Union Tribune here, so close to Christmas, uh, talking some Padre baseball. So. Definitely stay tuned from that. We will be right back with Dennis. Welcome back, folks. Uh, episode 78 of the Padres EVT podcast. Uh, we are excited to be joined. Uh, Dennis Lynn is here of the Union Tribune, Padres beat writer. Uh, what's going on, Dennis? How are you doing this afternoon? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Not too, not doing too bad. Trying to finish up some Christmas shopping. I don't know if you've... Uh, You've gone that route yet, and been able been a, been one of those lucky men who've actually finished their Christmas shopping already. Yeah, Amazon Prime definitely helps this time of the year, so nice. I would recommend that route if you can. Nice, nice, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so you know, let's let's just talk about the the elephant in the room. That uh, that would be Eric Hosmer. That seems to be the most popular topic between Padre fans right now. Um, before we get into everything, I'd love to hear your opinion on Hosmer and if you've had any interaction with him uh, in the past couple of years, uh, you know, at the stadium or anything. I've never personally had any interaction with him. Obviously, uh, okay. we've all heard a lot about him mm-hmm. in the last few months, but uh, I think, you know, we're recording this on what a Thursday. Mm-hmm. I see uh, the situation is probably fluid, so it'd be fun, maybe. Uh, in a, a month from now to look back on this and tell me how wrong I am. But um, yeah, right now it uh, comes down to to money mostly. Uh, it tends to happen with a big free agent like this. But I think it's a really interesting case because depending on how much he does get paid, um, there's going to be a certain level of debate over whether he deserved that and uh, whether uh, the team that's investing however many years in him uh, made a wise choice when uh, – He's a guy who hasn't hit more than 25 home runs in a season, which is an elite for a first baseman. Uh, has one goal gloves, but it has some uh, metrics that say he's not quite as good as the uh, the awards say at first base. But uh, I think for the Padres, they think um, he'd be the guy to kind of lead them in a couple years from now 
into into the playoffs or one of the guys. So I think it's a really interesting debate. But uh, so far, I think uh, people should wait until they see his contract number before casting too much judgment on uh, wherever he lands, whether that's San Diego or somewhere else. Yeah, no, I think definitely worth of the contract and the amount of years is definitely going to be the uh, telltale sign as far as whether this is going to be a good deal or not for for Padre fans. Uh, I think a lot of fans are scared because they see you know Boris wanting an eight, nine, ten year contract, and you know that that would be really burdensome for this franchise that's trying to get off off the floor and and make something happen. So, um, your gut feeling on what you think he will ultimately sign for uh, dollars and cents wise? Well, first of all, I saw that ten year stuff uh, has been resurfacing um, online recently and that, that i think that comes from spring training of uh maybe this past spring training when uh they were talking possible extension and he kind of shot down that rumor that he's looking for 10 years so i don't, I don't think anyone can needs okay. to worry about that <laughs> um but yeah, yeah six or seven is probably uh what what uh, he and scott boris were looking at going into uh the off season and you know i've heard anywhere from 200 or 150 to a little over 200 the asking price and you know there's been speculation recently that they're talking about uh six years and 120 of the potters and Hosmer were but that's you know there's just speculation uh we don't know how far apart they are right now but uh they're not last i heard they're not really close but uh i think the potters can't afford to wait it out here and uh, I don't know if the same can be said of Eric Hosmer, but it is Scott Boris, and he's taking clients to you know January, even early February before big clients. So I don't think he feels too much pressure, but the Potters do have the laws of supply and demand on their side because you look at the market for him, and there's still guys like uh, Logan Morrison and Lucas Duda out there. So if someone wants a cheap alternative, uh, there's a couple there. And right now you're seeing other guys sign for a lot less, like Yonder Alonzo we just saw two years for 16. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe it comes down to Hosmer has to settle for a, uh, maybe a smaller deal than he originally hoped for, a shorter deal. But uh, I think with Scott Boris, uh, you've seen him, you know, uh, pull these things off before. So it's it's hard to say as you know what what he's going to end up with. But I would guess you know five or six years at this point. So um, given everything we know about Hosmer and his market, I I mean, do you see really any other teams that would jump in other than? Um, the Royals and Padres, I mean, would the price have to drop pretty drastically for any other teams to get involved? Because right now I think that's really the only two teams we've heard outside of the Red Sox who just signed Mitch Moreland, so that kind of possibly takes them out of the running. So have you heard anything else about that? Yeah, the Red Sox are yeah. definitely out of the running. So, um, yeah, Kansas City, San Diego, those are the two main ones. Um, I think there's been some maybe some speculation about St. Louis possibly jumping in uh, at some point, although they, they have Matt Carpenter. Playing first base, but he could obviously move. But uh, they uh, they aren't as closely linked, obviously, as San Diego or Kansas City. So, you know, right now a lot of people are just saying it's down to those two teams. But, again, it's not even uh, Christmas yet, and uh, there's still time for Boris to do his thing. And then I have to imagine he's, you know, looking for anyone else because losing Boston is obviously a key part of the negotiations, I would yeah. think. So yeah. uh, it would probably benefit him and Eric Hosmer to find another team that uh, he could uh, say would really benefit from having his uh, prestige value, which is favorite term he's, uh, he's been using. <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of uh, the Red Sox and first baseman, um, seems like Adrian Gonzalez is a, a topic of conversation. Um, I know you wrote an article kind of mentioning that. 
I wanted to just briefly touch on that because I know quite a few Padre fans have like mentioned the possibility of him coming back, and um, maybe you could uh, maybe you could nip that rumor in the butt here. Yeah, I don't think AJ Priller just has interest in taking on a you know a sentimental or you know he, he's really cheap obviously because uh, you know the Braves released him and Adrian's only going to get paid about the minimum from whichever team signs him, but. I just don't think Preller in the front office has, you know, much interest in you know, kind of reversing the youth movement at a certain position just to bring back a guy who might bring in a few extra fans. I think uh, they're looking long-term here, and if a guy is not going to be part of their um, their future, aside from, you know, pitchers to fill the rotation or the bullpen, they don't really want to give a roster spot to someone else, even if the guy's gonna, only going to cost uh, – $545,000 for the year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've talked to people in, in, in the front office, and they, they don't see that happening. So uh, unless uh, unless they really uh, want to move Will Myers uh, that bad, and from what I've heard, they only want to move him for a guy like Eric Hosmer, uh, I don't see him going that route at all. Yeah, I'm, 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 well, I was a big Adrian Gonzalez fan, and and I really just, I don't even want to go down that road at this point. I think, uh, it would be sad for Padre fans to see him taking up a roster spot at this point. Um, you know, the team's not built to win, so there's no point in adding, uh, veteran type presence like that for sure. Uh, speaking of sentiment, let's move on to, uh, the Chase Headley trade. Uh, I think Padre's Twitter kind of broke a little bit there, um, when, when Headley was signed. Uh, Give me your thoughts on that. Uh, if you thought that Preller was going to be able to flip him, or did he think he was going to be able to flip him immediately to the Angels? Is that why he did that, or was that more of just uh, getting his hand on Brian Mitchell, who seems to be very happy with? Right, that was the main objective, getting Brian Mitchell, basically okay. buying him okay. at the cost of taking on Chase Headley's uh, $13.5 million. Um, mm-hmm. So the Potters are on the hook for you know the entirety of that, and yeah, I think... Uh, Preller obviously knew that when he acquired him, uh, just adding to a logjam they had, and I think flipping him was part of uh, the plan or, you know, a very strong consideration. But, uh, yeah, the Angels are off the board for them. I don't know how close they were with the Angels before the Angels signed Zach Cozart, who the Padres were also looking at coincidentally. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's still time. It's not like he has to, he has to flip him before the new year. Um, so uh, I think they have to trade somebody. From that infield, uh, whether that's you know Headley or Solarte or uh, Carlos Sasuaje, Corey Spangenberg, all those guys are in play. But I don't think it'd be the end of the world for them if they can't you know trade Headley. But they do need to trade someone else. Uh, and if he does stay for the season, uh, maybe they flip him at the deadline. But he's uh, he's getting up there closer to Adrian that age range. But for a year, I don't think that hurts you too much uh, either way. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean. He, I, I think Headley brings, uh, you know, they talk about leadership and you talk about on-base percentage. That's something that the Padres lacked last year. So, you know, I'm just a little concerned about the logjam at second and third, but I'm sure Preller's uh, actively trying to resolve that. Um, do you have a preference at second base or third base for this team next season? I know you're, you're, you're supposed to be, you know, unbiased, but is there a preference that you see moving forward for this team at second and third? Carlos Asuaje is a guy um, Andy Green really likes because uh, he doesn't give away at bats. Uh, and that's been a key theme for the team is trying to get their on-base percentage up. I know he's not the biggest on-base guy, but uh, he does have more quality of bats than most of the team. So I think entering the year, maybe um, maybe Carlos Asuaje would be a guy you'd look to 
maybe hang on to for for a little now. Although I know there are a couple teams that have some moderate interest in them. Mm-hmm. Um, then Luis Urias is coming up soon, so I'd, I'd like to see him at some point. You know, before hopefully before you know, September, I think he could be up. You know, easily before then. Um, but he, he's a guy who uh, could be their future at second base. So you'd hope to you know get to see him do his thing sooner than later. He's only 20, but uh, he's shown throughout the minors he's going to hit at every level. Uh, he did well in the AFL, so uh, yeah, I'd like to see him. But um, yeah, that's kind of uh, partly uh, dependent on them moving a couple guys. So I think those two would be my preference. But uh, mm-hmm. they have to sort a lot of things out before they can get to Luis Urias taking over at second base full time. That's why he still has options, though, right? Yeah, yeah, he's okay. Uh, okay. So he, I he's 26, but uh, yeah, he has options. Okay. Does Spangenberg still op- have options as well? Do you know? Uh, off the top of my head, I I, I don't know, but um, I I don't think they want to go that route. Yeah, again, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It lit a fire under his ass last last year. I don't know if they want to go that route again. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, let's talk about the big news, at least in terms of um, Twitter reaction. Um, obviously, the Potters acquired uh, Freddie Galvis from the Philadelphia Phillies um, in return for Eniel De Los Santos. So, Potters finally have what looks like a competent shortstop. So I kind of want to know your thoughts on the trade, Dennis, and kind of um, what, what you see the thinking is uh, behind that move for the front office. I think this, this is going to sound a little silly, but I think there's some truth to it. They're just partly just tired of seeing these guys come in <laughs> who couldn't you know, hold up for a full season and couldn't really provide much range in defense. So there's partly – part of that is just being tired of that and just wanting to – get a guy in here who could defend at a reasonably good rate and Galvis by all accounts is close to gold glove level where he was this past season. So that, that, that'll be a nice change of pace for, for the manager. But that also brings up the question, why does it really matter if you're not going to compete next year? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think um, with uh, some of these young pitchers coming up, they, they see that as an important thing as, you know, having a guy is dependable there. And then you hear this a lot, but uh, it gets kind of old, but they like his intangibles. Um, he was the, the leader in the Phillies clubhouse this past year. Obviously, Matt Stairs uh, knows him well from his time there. And uh, Don Welke was a big part of the reason why the Phillies signed him back in, I think, 2006. So they, they've heard a lot of good things about him. They think uh, maybe uh, it's not just a one-year relationship. Uh, I, I don't see them flipping him at the deadline. Um, but if, it, if they still have him at the end of the year, I think they could talk to him about a extension possibly and then Never hurts to have a guy like that when you have uh, young prospects coming up, um, either next season or in 2018 if he's still around. So I think they uh, took all those factors into consideration. They see they have a lot of uh, pitching depth. So Daniel De Los Santos, even though they think he's going to be be a big league arm, they saw him as expendable. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how De Los Santos does in the next few years or he uh, makes the majors and see how long Freddie Galvis's uh, tenure lasts in San Diego as well. Yeah, I think the big question, at least I'm seeing among Padre fans, is is this kind of a diversion from the the tanking process? I mean, with the whole Air Cosmer talk, and now they're acquiring Freddie Galvis and giving up a prospect in return. And I mean, it's not just any prospect; it's a guy who's actually pretty well regarded. I mean, sure, he's ranked probably tenth in terms of pitchers, but it's still it's still a potential big league arm. So, I kind of want to know your thoughts on the front office direction and if they really think that this next year is going to be kind of a more of a transition year into competing in 2019 or if they're still kind of on board the whole, I don't want to say the tank because obviously the front office doesn't use that verbiage and they're not, they're never going to say they're losing, but 
I kind of wanted your thoughts on, on how you see this move uh, fitting into that narrative. Well, I remember when um, the Eric Hosmer storyline, when the, the Potters being interested in that first came up, I think, in November. What, what I heard was uh, that they wanted to explore the possibility. And, you know, they were looking at his age. He's 28. And what I heard was they think, you know, when he's 30 or 31, um, if he's on the team, he could really help them um, around that time when they're ready to make the playoffs. So that, that would indicate that they still realize even if they get them, uh, they're, they're probably a season or two away at least. So uh, I think this is more about, again, this sounds old too, but building a culture. And Andy Green said this in the winter meetings. Uh, the the roster has been you know, largely staff-driven for the last couple of years. They've you know, added uh, Roll 5 guys. They've had young guys coming up from the minors. So they've had to rely more on the, the coaching staff than veterans in a lot of cases for, for uh, you know leadership and guidance. And they want to get guys in there right now who can uh, help speed up that growth. For the for the prospects coming up, so uh, Hosmer would help in that you know sense. He's you know had experience within Kansas City. Who knows if it translates directly, or as well as it did in Kansas City. But uh, he's a guy who's who's done it, so it would you know presumably help a lot of these young guys. And uh, he's not going to be uh, you know that old when they're presumably ready to compete. But the only problem there is you know how much are you paying him, and obviously his best years would probably come early on in his contract when they're probably not making the playoffs. So that, that all goes into the calculation. So it's really interesting to see uh, how much he ends up with, uh, again, whether he uh, lands with the Padres or not. But I think they, they want someone in there to help out the staff with the young players. And that's a big part of it. Yeah, you can definitely see the, the leadership potential in Hosmer and, and the way he plays the game. Uh, it's just the, the contract is just going to be so so much of the question mark on, on whether or not this is going to be a good deal or a bad deal. So I guess we'll just have to wait and, and see how that unfolds. Um, I am curious if you've heard anything uh, on the Christian Yellick front. Uh, I know that that's something that's kind of uh, surfaced um, through rumors and stuff. Mostly. Uh, I don't think I've heard anything from Preller uh, indicating whether or not they've made any kind of uh, offer or, or pursued him. Um, have you heard anything in that front? Uh, I know Miami's kind of, uh, not wanting to deal him at this point, but I'm just curious if you've heard anything uh, on Christian Yelich. I know they've checked checked in on him or inquired about him, and okay. right now, uh, who, who knows how far they got because uh, all the indications right now are Marlins are telling teams we're not moving him yet, or we're not moving him. Period. We want to build around him, um, but mm-hmm. you know that, that might just be posturing, or uh, that might be something else. But they've definitely uh, you know asked about him, and you know that's not. Something super special. Preller tends to check on a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, around the game, so uh, I think that's that's a matter of due diligence for now. But I mean, that's definitely a very interesting guy because you look at his contract. Obviously, uh, you wouldn't be forking over a hundred plus million to get that guy like you would with Hosmer. You'd be uh, giving up some pretty good prospects or very good prospects to get him. But he's uh, his contract's a lot more team friendly um, than, than what Hosmer's going to get, and uh, he's. Uh, uh, Gold Glover in left field. Uh, if you put him in left field in San Diego next to Manny Margot, um, whoever you have in right field, whether that's Will Myers or you know Hunter Renfro or whoever else, it's a pretty interesting outfield all of a sudden. And I know people have even brought up the scenario of, let's say, uh, the Potteries sign Hosmer and get Yelich, but that's a yeah. whole lot to give up right now when you're uh, we don't really have a starting rotation that's playoff ready, not even yeah. close. So uh, yeah. I don't see that happening. But Yelich just an interesting guy that they've uh, checked in on. So I wouldn't read too much into that right now, but I think uh, Potteries are right that rightfully so do like him. Yeah, no, it's he's an interesting case for sure. Um, 
you know, hypothetically speaking, if the teams were going to pull something off, uh, do you see the Padres potentially eating money from the Marlins in a, in a Chen or a Prado? Yeah, I can see it. I mean, they, they have play, payroll flexibility right now. Uh, the Marlins, mm-hmm. you know, need to shed payroll or say they need to shed payroll. So I can see something like that. And if that, uh, you know, gives you more leeway in terms of what you're giving up, I, I could definitely see that as a possibility for sure. Nice, nice. Well, <clears throat> we'll have to see. Uh, you're correct about Parler. I mean, I'm sure he checks in on every single person available. I'm sure he's checked in on every free agent at this point. Um, that's just who he is, and, and that's, I think, why we love him. Um, my last question for you is about someone who's been surprisingly really quiet this offseason. I know the relief market has been been quiet right now, but uh, Brad Hand is still out there, and there have been little to no rumors uh, about him being shopped. Uh, have you heard anything, or is there anything in the works that you're aware of? Uh, nothing in the works that I'm aware of. Mainly, uh, mainly I'm hearing, you know, obviously the price is still really high. Some teams think it's ridiculous, but again, that's always posturing too, to an extent. So, yeah, I don't think uh, anything's close right now, although, you know, Zach Britton just did go down, so that's yeah. one uh, big lefty off the market. Yeah. Um, so I, I, you never know. Maybe that sparks some more interest. But you've seen a lot of uh, free agents um, already uh, sign relief deals. So uh, I think teams would prefer to go that route for right now, as opposed to uh, giving up the farm for Brad Hand. But uh, my guess right now is maybe he's moved in July. Um, I know some people talked about uh, if the Padres think they're getting close, maybe we won't want to just keep keep him and sign him to an extension. But I think that's still a huge risk for. Uh, for a lever who's you know put on a lot of innings, I know he's durable, but he's put on a lot of innings the last two seasons. And if they're a couple seasons away, that probably yeah. wouldn't be the wisest course of action, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they just have a lot of options or ways to go with them. So I think there's no rush with them. They can easily hold on to them for now and deal them later. Mm-hmm. You know, do you think perhaps they're waiting to see what the, the Hosmer market turns out and, and you know what the whole dynamics of this team is going to look like for 2018 before they kind of move him because you know, moving him would, would thrust a, a Maton or a Yates in, into the closer role, and that would kind of be a little scary. So, I, I don't know. I guess we'll we'll just have to wait and see. AJ Preller's definitely uh, active uh, this time of year. Yeah, that's um, an interesting point. Uh, well, if I could just one thing, one thing uh, people say about Osmer is he wants to win sooner than later. He uh, yeah, and that that you know that might go against Kansas City because they're obviously they need to rebuild some, and but the Potters are kind of uh, in a similar place they might be a little further along in the rebuild because the rails haven't torn it all all the way down um, yet mm-hmm. but uh mm-hmm. yeah one person uh who who knows him um said earlier this awesome he doesn't want to be one of only a couple horses on a team okay um, but then now he doesn't really have much of a market so uh, yeah really it's like he uh, he might have to accept that fate for now but uh you know if uh, he can buy to the pottery's farm system all the depth they have uh, maybe uh, that sways him in the end but yeah i think uh, that that's an interesting point maybe uh keeping brad hand for now if you sign eric Cosmer might not be the worst way to go yeah yeah i hear you um okay speaking of this uh burgeoning farm system uh my last question for you uh before we get you out of here is who on uh this young padres minor league system are you excited to see uh in the coming years uh let's say 2018 who do you think will make their debut uh, this season, and who are you excited to see? We already uh, mentioned Urias. Uh, he's uh, maybe uh, one of the prospects I'm most interested to see, just based on his his on base ability. First of all, that's something this team doesn't have. So to have a guy like that, 
probably near the top of the order. It would be really interesting, a change of pace. Um, you guys have probably heard a lot about Joey Lucchese. I think he's uh, maybe the closest starting pitching prospect to the majors. Um, he's kind of, you know, overperformed what everyone had ex- expected of him uh, when he was drafted. So uh, I think guys like that who kind of have chips on their shoulders are always interesting to uh, to watch. And I think uh, as a lefty with kind of a different look, uh, he'll be really interesting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the the main prospects like Tatis, I think uh, signing Galvis allows you to be a little more patient. I think those the main prospects are still maybe a year away. Uh, but Tatis could make a push for a September call-up. Uh, he's that talented, but uh, I think they're, they're going to take the patient route with him. Um, so I think you're mostly looking at starting pitching prospects uh, this coming year who are going to be working their way up to the majors uh, by midsummer or sometime after that, maybe in September. Yeah. I think it'll be a really good test uh, to see what they really have in terms of pitching because that's the uh, strength of the farm system. And position player side is still a little questionable. Yeah, for sure. And, and there's some exciting young relievers to, to, to keep, take a look at this year, too. Uh, Bradwick um, will probably get a cup of coffee, I would imagine. Uh, Wingenter from uh, from uh, AA last season was pretty productive. So it, the farm system's growing. It's exciting. Um, we just can't wait to, to get, get this thing going, uh, Dennis. We've been lifelong Padre fans, and uh, the process has been slow and many detours, and it seems like uh, A.J. Perlis finally found us the right uh route to the promised land and, and uh, we're definitely excited um dennis thank you so much for joining us today uh we appreciate having you you having an uh you coming on so close to christmas um thank you so much for joining us man yeah thanks for having me on merry christmas oh, and and oh, merry, merry christmas and happy holidays to you too uh we made it through the whole podcast without any uh otani talk you should uh, congratulate us for that yeah, I mean, I'm surprised you guys didn't ask about him, but I guess uh, people don't want to relive that after he turned them down. Yeah, I think that's more along the lines. I think the sad, inevitable truth kind of hit us all, all the Padre fans when he when he went to uh, to Anaheim or Los Angeles, Angels of Anaheim or whatever the hell they're called now. Um, yeah, as a Padre fan, you kind of learn with disappointment, and we move forward, uh, and that's what we're doing. Dennis. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we will have you on shortly. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon about some uh, some Padre rumors and some Padre trades. Yep. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, Dennis Lynn, Padre's beat writer for the Union Tribune, uh, giving us a little bit of some uh, up-to-date rumors. Uh, it seems like the Padres are indeed checking in on Christian Yellick. Uh, there's some Brad Hammer or Brad Hand stuff flowing out there. Uh, it's going to be an exciting next couple of months for Padre fans, regardless of whether or not we win in 2018. Uh, the groundwork's being laid for this team for the future. And uh, though we often debate and argue about uh, whether or not a move is good or not, I think ultimately the uh, the trajectory of this team is, is, is for the best, isn't it, Patrick? Uh, yes, as long as they don't sign Eric Cosmer for $200 million. <laughs> Two hundred million would, yeah. I, I'm still trying to grasp my my thought around one hundred fifty million. Whether that that's even close to being, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. You, neither one of us have have tasted the Hosmer Kool Aid yet. So, I, I think I, this still remains my biggest issue is Will Myers, and I think even if you do sign Hosmer, I don't, it, it, I don't think it really matters as much what Hosmer does. I think it's more important how Myers adjusts to left field and. I mean, if you sign Hosmer and he performs and then Will Myers kind of has a resurgence and finds himself in left field, then I think 
that's definitely something you have to count, even though it's kind of unquantifiable at this point. But so, you know, something something that hasn't been talked about is if Hosmer signed, Myers goes to left. Is you know what happens to Jose Perella, Franchi Cordero, uh, Alex Dickerson, Travis Jankowski, guys that were going to probably get a little bit of playing time out there. They're basically not going to get any playing time because Myers has proven that he's versatile and Hosmer's proven that he's uh, versatile. They're both going to play 150 games at, at least. So it's tough. I, I'd love to see Franchi Cordero get some at-bats out there and left because the way he's swinging the bat, he looks like he could be the real deal. I mean, he could be a, a Christian Yellick type of player. Oh, stop. Yeah, well, I, that's, not a, that's not exactly a great comp, but I mean... Please stop. Yeah, no, I mean, he's... Padre fans don't need to get any more overhyped about any process. <laughs> I mean, we've got enough of Fernando Tatis and Mackenzie Gore. Yeah. We're done. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, I think it's an issue if you have Myers and left, because what, what happens to Perla? Does he get traded? And then Jankowski, I feel like, is already expendable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you didn't even mention Alex Dickerson, who's coming back. Um, I mean, Manny Margot's an everyday center fielder. I think at that point, you'd probably be pushing Hunter Renfro out of playing time. With yeah, Cordero. exactly. Maybe that could be exactly. a platoon of those two guys. But then what is, where does Dickerson fit in? Where does Jankowski fit in? Where mm-hmm. does Perella fit in? I mean, at this point, there's too many outfielders already. So yeah. sticking Myers back in that situation just makes it more muddied. So that's a whole other um, part of the calculus that I don't think anyone's really talked about much. I mean, it's all about just, oh, we can have Hosmer at first, and Myers can go back to the outfield. It's like, well, what about these other four guys? Yeah. Like, where do yeah. they go? Exactly. I mean, Cord- exactly. I mean, Franchi Cordero's got to prove it at the big league level. He ain't going to be playing in AAA again. I mean, he, I mean, he shouldn't be. No, no. Um, I think he showed enough at the end of last year and in winter ball this year that he can he can play in the big leagues. And if he can't play in the big leagues, I think they're going to have to make that decision soon. So he's got to play. Um, Jankowski, they got to figure out what they're going to do with him. Mm-hmm. Same with Dickerson. I mean, mm-hmm. Dickerson's a guy who's was good when he was playing. It's just a matter of being healthy. And now that he's healthy, we got to see if he's actually healthy and if he can uh, continue to perform. And then Hunter Renfro, this is kind of a make-or-break year from him. I think he's kind of... At this point, he's sort of made himself expendable. If he doesn't work out, then he could be a trade piece. Um, I don't think they're really too attached to him. He was from the previous regime. Um, Him and Hedges obviously were held on to by Preller despite him trading just about every other prospect. So obviously he saw something in both. But at this point, I think Renfro's got to prove it. Otherwise, he might find himself out of town. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you 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 don't want to put Hunter Renfro in, in a platoon situation at this point in his career. You you want to see what he has, and you want to see some growth in him, and and you know, like we said, Myers is going to play majority of the time. Margot's going to play the majority of the time. You're going to want to get Cordero. You're going to want to get Dickerson some at bats, and, and that leaves a, a platoon with Renfro, and that's probably not beneficial for the long term of of this team. So, there's going to be question marks whether or not Hosmer comes or not. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, I'm still leaning towards no. I really, I just, if it comes down to Kansas City and, and the Padres, I, I feel like he's going to want to be uh, a George Brett type of player with the Royals. He's going to want to be on that uh, that Royals Mount Rushmore of of all time greats, and and he would be if he was to, able to sign a six year contract, seven year contract with the Royals, he would probably go down as a Royal Hall of Famer. So it's it's we'll have to wait and see what what happens. Um, we mentioned the Cardinals as a possible team. Uh, I could see Boris using them as leverage to kind of bring up the value of the contract. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Padres offseason is going to be busy no matter what. And uh, the roster, which you see now, is definitely not what you're going to see come April for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's an outfield glut. There's an infield glut. Uh, the pitching staff is still um, sort of makeshift. So there's definitely a lot of moving and shaking that can still be done. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have to look forward to 
to seeing more moves as the calendar turns to a new year. Yep. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Uh, Dennis Lynn gave us some uh, pretty, pretty good information there. Um, I think we're about done, Patrick. Anything else before we head out of here? Yeah, barring any uh, any crazy news, we will uh, not be back until after the holiday. So um, unless Eric Cosmer signs on Christmas Eve and me and James need to jump on an emergency podcast, yeah. Um, yeah. we will we will leave you with a with a Merry Christmas. I uh, hope everyone has a, a safe holiday. Hope hope for lots of good gifts uh, under the tree. Yep. Um, yep. As for us, you can find us on Podbean. We're hosted there. Um, all our podcasts are on eastvillagetimes.com. All our articles are on eastvillagetimes.com. Check us out. Um, we're on Twitter at EVT Podcasts. James is EVT underscore news, EVT underscore J Clark. I am Patrick Brew 93, and we are the East Village Times Podcast. Thank you so much, folks. Happy holidays. East Village Times Podcast is signing out. EVT is out here broadcasting. EVT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EVT Podcast. Padres EVT Podcast.